Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. Show. All right, let's let you hear Trey Wingo Bone. We talked to him this week. Uh, he gave us honest, real talk about the Panthers organization. He does not hold back. Trey, of course, ESPN for years, now works with the 33rd team, among other entities. And the first thing we wanted to know is, with the state of our Carolina Panthers, you got anything for us to be optimistic about? Um, you woke up today. <laughs> there we go. That's a starter. Write that down. All right, that's one. All right, there we go. <laughs> Listen, it, 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 it's it's not pretty. There's no way to slice it. I mean, uh, Bryce has been okay, but it certainly seems like that guy in Houston might have been a better choice, and that's a problem. And and then the bigger issue becomes how much you gave up to get Bryce, which means you don't have the draft capital to really work around him. And then you have an owner who says, I want someone to be here 30 years. Then he should probably stop firing an owner or a coach every 15 months. <laughs> It's it's problematic, guys. It's I, there's no short term solution. Do you look at well? Let's start with the Reich the Reich move, right? Which you're alluding to. Yeah. Although you could be alluding to the last firing, right? There's been so many of them. Correct. Frank That's the point. Frank Reich. <laughs> see, I'm catching on. Frank Reich making it 11 weeks. What was your reaction to that? Did you think that's ridiculous to do it that quick? How'd you feel about that? It's embarrassing for the organization. Plain and simple. 11 weeks, okay? We once did a, a whole thing when Rob Chizinski, I think, didn't get a, a calendar year in Cleveland. He got about half of that. So, look, you, you can be upset with the results, but I don't know how firing a guy who is a really quarterback-friendly coach uh, with a rookie quarterback makes any sense um, in this situation. And, and we're getting to the heart of the matter here, right? So you want to know the real problem with the Carolina Panthers? It's the guy who signs the checks. Absolutely, yeah. Can't deny it. I mean, listen, let's just be honest about it. He's a really smart guy who's made a ton of money, but he has not proven to be a capable football owner yet. I'm not saying he can't be, but he's 100% not. And a move like this is an absolute reason why. I mean, this is just lather, rinse, repeat for him, whether it's his soccer team or the football team. If somebody makes him angry, he fires him. And that's dumb. Trey, when you look at the Panthers and their coaching search coming up here, we're talking about Tepper. How problematic is it going to be in that search when you factor in Tepper's involvement in the meddling nature and his reputation, the roster having very little depth, and they don't have a first-round draft choice? So when you look at Tepper's wish list, how far down might he have to go to actually get what he wants in this coaching search? Well, he's not going to get what he wants. Let's just be clear about that. And let's add another factor to the equation. Conservatively, I think they're going to be between seven to ten NFL head coaching openings uh, this off season. Yeah. We we know for for sure there's going to be two because I don't think Antonio Pierce or uh, whoever's running the show for you guys is going to be there long term anyway. I mean, maybe Chris Tabor will. Who knows? But uh, at the end of the day, you're going to be in a very. Com- I mean, he he's talking about going out to get somebody that's going to be there for thirty years. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you know, Bill Belichick might be available, but. Certainly, Bill Belichick doesn't look like Bill Belichick without Tom Brady, and I, I have all the numbers to back that up. 
the Patriot Way is deader than the folks that fought in the Revolutionary War. <laughs> um, so, you know, you, you're, you're going to have a quarterback who needs developing without a lot around him, without a lot of draft capital to make him better and get the things around him, and an extremely competitive head coaching market. The only, the only way you can look at anything positive here with the firing of Frank Reich is that David Tepper basically said, hey, he ha- he's, got, he's got more weeks to recruit than almost anybody. Like that, that's, that's, the only, that's the only upside. Yeah. But, but that recruiting pitch, what is it? Like, sell me on the Carolina Panthers job. I know there's only 32 of them. Someone's going to take it. But if you want the best of the best, do you really think the Carolina Panthers job is the best one? Especially with all the jobs that will be out there, like you were saying. No doubt about it. Trey Wingo talking football with us here on the Mac and Bone Show. Telling us maybe not what we like to hear, but telling us what we have to hear. I believe that's what Trey is doing. Trey, you mentioned Belichick. That's been a juicy one here. There was the the report out of the Boston Globe about, you know, sources close to Belichick saying he would have some interest here, which (laughs) I can't imagine him and David Tepper trying to coexist. But it sounds like you think that would be... A mistake, even on the Panthers' front. Well, I, listen. Here's, here's the thing: Bill Belichick is going to be go down as one of the greatest coaches of all time. There's there's no way around that. But the numbers are what the numbers are. You go look at his splits. And I, I can't even find it for you right here as I'm talking to you because that would be really fascinating and make me a really smart guy. <laughs> That'd be um, awesome. <laughs> you go look at the numbers. Okay, here they are. This is this is just his time in, in this is just his time in New England, not even Cleveland, with Brady. His record was 219 and 66. That's a 76.3 winning percentage. Without Brady, he's 45 and 51, under 500. In the playoffs with Brady, 30 and 11, 73% winning percentage. Without Brady, 0 and 1, losing by 30 points in the wild card round of the Bills. Points per game with Brady, 27, basically 28, a touchdown less without Tom Brady. They just completed a three game sweep where they held three opponents to 10 points or less. And they didn't win a single game. That's crazy. You know how hard that is? Yeah. <laughs> you know how hard that is to do? I think they're the first team since the early 60s to hold opponents to three, three games to ten points or less and not win one of them. Hell, that's, man. That's almost mathematically impossible. That sounds very Panther-like, yeah, actually. Actually, what's going, actually, <laughs> actually, Trey, you felt fit right in here. Even uh, we would score, both if we gave up a touchdown. I think we well, The maybe. other big name that's out there, and he's out there a lot, and we got intel that he was actually calling David Tepper last year about the job, is Jim Harbaugh. What are, what are your thoughts on Harbaugh potentially uh, to the Carolina Panthers? I think Jim Harbaugh just wants all the attention in the world at all times. That's my opinion. Jim Harbaugh is a really good college coach. He had a couple of good years in San Francisco for his act got tired fast. Now, there's a reason John Harbaugh has had a long-term sustained success in the NFL, and there's a reason Jim, in my opinion, is back in college. Because in college, you got players for two to three years, and you can go sell that BS to them, and those players haven't heard it before. In the NFL... You, you got you got to get guys who are 30 years old, 28 to 35 years old, that have families to feed, that don't care about all the rah-rah BS. They care about, can you keep me winning so I can keep my job, so I can keep feeding my family? It is a completely different dynamic. And, and look, Jim had a couple of good years in San Francisco, but I can promise you no one was happy to, or no one was unhappy to see him leave when his time was up with the Niners. 
Yeah, that's true. That, that's true. How long would it even last? If we, as good as he is, how long would it last if he came here? You mentioned Bryce, and and, and you kind of, you know, said, hey, he's been all right. Um, what do you think? Let's dig into that a little more here. Like, I do think there have been flashes, but I think there's yep. been a lot of rough moments, too. And I don't think his cast, his supporting cast, is doing him many favors. Like, what's your feeling about Bryce? And, and like, should we still believe he can be the guy, or, or should we be skeptical? What do you think? I think you always have to be skeptical. But you, but the question is, do you believe he can be the guy? And I think the answer to that is yes. I mean, you, CJ Stroud has been remarkable, right? I mean, like uh, yeah. in the first eleven games, I don't haven't I don't have the numbers through twelve. In the first eleven starts of his career, there's only one player that's thrown for more passing yards than CJ Stroud, and that would be Patrick Mahomes. So that that's that's the sort of uh, waters he's swimming in, and Bryce is nowhere near that. But Bryce doesn't have. Nico Collins, Bryce doesn't have Dalton Schultz, Bryce doesn't, Bryce doesn't have Tank Dell, who sadly looks like he's done for the year now after fracturing his leg in that win over the Denver Broncos. So the cast absolutely does matter. In fact, I will say this, my biggest concern about Bryce has yet to be proven true, which was size. You know, that's always going to be a thing for me with him. You know, it's the same thing with Baker Mayfield and all these guys and Kyler Murray. You, you know, he is really small. Um, now that has not hurt him yet, uh, so I, you know that that to me is the one thing that is my overriding concern about Bryce. His football IQ and his football acumen is remarkable. He just needs better players around him, and so you know you even look at Mahomes right now without uh, without those receivers. He does he trusts Mahomes trusts two players to catch the ball for him: Travis Kelsey and the rookie Rashi Rice. There were so many plays last night where I saw Marquez Valdez Scanling or Sky Moore wide open, and Patrick's like, nope. Can't trust him. Don't trust him. I'm going to force feed it to Kelsey or Rashi Rice or check it down to Isaiah Pacheco. So in that situation, you really need to get more around Bryce to get a full evaluation of what he can be. Yeah, definitely think so. All right, so I know I've seen a lot of good content from you lately with the 33rd team, but I know you're doing a lot of other things. What what all do you got going on right now, Trey? Yeah, thanks. The 33rd team is really fun. You can check that out on their on our website or YouTube page or anywhere on social media. Uh, I also have a podcast with Chase Daniel called Chasing It, so we break down things every week. Uh, Mark Schlereth and I are working on an app called the Stunt App. It's basically uh, all the fun stuff from Twitter without all the garbage. Ooh. It's just sports. It's nice. just sports talk all the time. No one cares about anything else but your sports takes on Twitter. You can download the Stunt App uh, in the Google Play Store or the App Store. And Schlereth and I do a show every Monday night, 6 o'clock Eastern, on the Stunt App. But it's really a chance for people to get out there and, and like prove their metal really uh in the sports world and you can set up live rooms and and uh, have shows and all that kind of stuff so download the stunt app wherever you can uh, i'm doing about four or five events for the pga tour coming up including the first event of the year in, in kapalua which will be fun the century championships and uh starting in february uh i have a new podcast coming with amazon and wondery with my old sports center friend kevin frazier called making waves and the point of the podcast is how things might have happened differently if one thing changed in sports. For example, what if the, the Carolina Panthers had drafted C.J. Stroud instead of Bryce Young? How might have changed differently? Uh, you know, those, those kind of things are the things that, that podcast will be about. What if Drew Brees didn't fail his physical in Miami? Do the Dolphins become the, what the New Orleans Saints? Does Nick Saban stay in the NFL and not become the juggernaut he was at Alabama? All these tentacles. Uh, basically go in one direction or the other based on one decision. That, that's the whole point of the pod. It's going to be really fun.
That is Trey Wingo with some blunt, honest talk about the issues with the Panthers organization. <laughs> Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. Well, welcome now Vashti Hurt to the Body Works Plus guest hotline, founder and editor-in-chief of Carolina Blitz. You can find her work on carolinablitz.com. It has been a while. We always appreciate her joining us on Wesson Walker. Vashti, how are you doing? I'm, I'm all right. How are y'all? Hey, we're doing, doing well. Great. I imagine <laughs> I imagine there is a lot going on in really everybody's brain right now with the Panthers. Some of the reporting from Diana Rossini and Joe Person. Vashti, you do a great job covering the team. Even if you're not reporting, you know a lot of stuff that's happening within the franchise. I know it's a loaded question, but let me ask you this. How do we get here after... Even us, we were talking about one of the better off seasons that we had seen in quite some time with all of the coaches that had so much success, that had so many achievements under their belt. We were talking about one of the better off seasons that this team has ever experienced. How do we get from that to a one win season and a coach fired in season with all of the dysfunction that's being reported? Well, I guess we got some insight with this article um, that Joe Person wrote. Uh, regarding the, I guess, the the mutiny that was happening behind the scenes among the coaches. I always felt it was interesting that, you know, all the all of the big names that were pulled into this coaching staff. And, and I called it, like, we, I literally called it the Avenger coaching staff because based on the, based on the experience, based on the name, that they had a good blend of old and young, um, this was supposed to be it. But when you have dissension, from the top down, it's basically what we're seeing manifesting itself in this Carolina Panthers team and and their struggles. And it and it doesn't seem as if anybody is on the on the same page. They've done a good job of masking it in press conferences. Uh, when we speak, there's you know we haven't usually every now and then somebody will slip up and then we'll dig deeper. Uh, but they, I thought they did a good job of masking what was obviously dissension among um, among the, the coaching staff and, and a difference in philosophy and you know that's that's how you get one and one and eleven and maybe not even another win this season. So it's just it's just a comedy of errors right now and I don't know how they dig themselves out of it. I think that we've been saying it every year, but this literally is the most pivotal pivotal off season that we're going to be heading into for the Carolina Panthers because what you don't want to do is fall into the likes of uh, a Cleveland or, or Jets where you're in a uh, constant purgatory. Vashti, how worried are you about Bryce Young's future? Maybe not because of his own ability, but because of what's happening behind the scenes. I think he's young. I'm not worried yet. I'm not worried yet. It is tough for a young quarterback. I think he's been taking it up to the chin and 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 getting up like a G. You know, he hasn't messed up in press conferences. He hasn't thrown anybody under the bus. Uh, and, you know, he's taking the team approach, saying all the right things. We don't know what he's saying in private to his to his trusted group of 
of, of friends. But, you know, publicly, you know, he's saying and doing all the right things. The good thing is it's only year one. So you can correct things, I think, after one year if you get the right coaching staff and right team to surround him. And given what they gave up to get him, you have to get it right. But if you're in year two or three, I'm like, uh, this might be tough. But it has to be fixed, and it has to be fixed now. I don't think Bryce has lost his confidence yet. Uh, I don't think that he's lost. I, mean, I, I think that everything that every reason why he was drafted to be uh, at number one, all of those things are still there. They they didn't leave. It's just they haven't put the, the right pieces around him, and obviously, you know the 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 questions about playbook and footwork and all of this. It's just it's just a mess. But um, I'm not concerned about him yet. Uh, As a rookie quarterback, plenty have struggled um, and then found success in years, maybe three, um, where where they've hit their their stride. So I'm not concerned about him yet. Vesta, we heard so much coming out of training camp, how far ahead of the curve Bryce was, how Mingo was this gym rat that was picking up things and could be a big part of the offense this season. But you were out there at a lot of those practices, and now that we find out that Bryce was indeed struggling to pick up Reich's offense and the footwork and all of those things, you know, how wronged should Panther fans feel about the messaging that was sent preseason and based off what you saw during practices and the like? I mean, how do you feel? How much deceit do you feel like that there was then? I mean, we were at practice. I went to every training camp practice. Bryce looked good in practice. Uh, and the whole Mingo thing, he, Mingo wasn't targeted a lot in practice. The, the, the relationship that we thought would be um, quarterback to wide receiver relationship that we thought would blow up would be Chark and 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 Young because they had tons of explosive plays during during those those few weeks in Spartanburg. Um, I think that we're never going to hear the bad stuff from from the coaching staff. You're going to hear, oh, he needs to grow, uh, and you know Bryce is a fast processor. Uh, Bryce is 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 a is a smart kid. Uh, so all of those things still remain true. Uh, I don't expect. I didn't expect them to to down down their number one guy. Uh, so you know what we saw in training camp was what we saw, and we based our conclusions on that. Uh, and, and the expectation would was for everyone uh, that they would be able to compete for the NFC South. Now what we didn't see is what was potentially going on behind the scenes and and the decline of the offensive line and what has led to that. And, you know, I, I've read most of Joe's article. Um, I haven't read the whole thing, but I've, I've hit the highlights. And apparently this year was supposed to be the year that he got the playbook down. And then next year was supposed to be the year that he was supposed to work on the mechanics of being a, being a quarterback. So they apparently had a plan, and then that plan was interrupted reportedly, um, when they were told, well, Bryce is getting sad because he's not dropping back enough. Um, um, and so, and he needs to work on his footwork. It, it, we never heard anything about that. That was never talked about um, in press conferences. It wasn't overt. I've seen bad footwork. Baker Mayfield would get happy feet, and it would be completely obvious. I've seen Bryce have that issue a couple of times, but it didn't seem egregious to me where it would be need to be highlighted 
um, or 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 owner would need to bring that to a coaching staff to to work on. But then again, you know, I know my place. I'm not a I'm not a football coach, so I'm a member of the media. Do you hear that, Tepper? Did you hear that? <laughs> anyway, go ahead. And speaking of of coaching, <laughs> what do you want to see in the next head coaching? Do you have a candidate or candidates in mind? I just think they need a leader, a culture builder. I really don't care about offensive-minded versus defensive-minded. I think that that's where Tepper got pigeonholed into last year. And y'all already know, and I we bring it up, I was, a, I was a fan of Steve Wilkes because I saw that culture shift. And that's what every team really needs. You need that foundation, and then you build on that. The Panthers didn't have a culture, really no foundation of a culture to build upon. And so really you need a culture builder. And then hire a good OC to run your offense, an offensive staff. But hire a, a, a culture builder, somebody who is an, an, an alpha guy. Maybe not. I don't even think they need any. You hear something like Mike McDaniels. He seems like a nerdy football guy. That's perfectly fine. I think you need a very strong personality who's going to come in and right the ship. And that might not be somebody who's going to be dynamic with their playbook, but it's going to be a leader of men. And that's what they need. And I don't know. We heard that Frank Wright was a leader of men. And now, based on the season, maybe that really wasn't the case. Maybe he was just a manager of men. I don't know. But the Panthers need a leader of men. And, um... I don't know where they're going to get that. I think they missed, they missed it on that one. All right. We, we can't get you out of here, Vashti, without marrying one of the other breaking news updates that we had from the Panthers and everybody's favorite game, evaluating the Vash timeline on Twitter. Let's go to it. Your last tweet, just an hour ago, you said, no more drives to Spartanburg. This coming after the Panthers announced that the training camp this next offseason is going to be held in Charlotte. They will indeed be leaving Wofford and Spartanburg. Now, you said no more drives to Spartanburg, and you put that with a video of someone catching the Holy Ghost. It seems like you are very excited about that. Can you elaborate a little more on how excited you are about training camp being held here in Charlotte rather than going to Wofford quite a well, bit during the offseason. That's like, and see, people who don't understand, this is my job, right? Mm-hmm. So I get up in the morning and I have to drive to Spartanburg to go to work. Nobody wants to do that, including me. So during <laughs> training camp, you know, I have a life here in Charlotte. I have people that I have to take care of and things I'm responsible for and a home, like, and having to drive back and forth for Spartanburg, I don't want to spend three, four nights at a time in Spartanburg. So I usually out drive back and forth. I'm ecstatic to not have to drive to Spartanburg. I'm and I'm going to be candid. I'm not a fan of Spartanburg hugely. You know, they're, they're, they, they put up some things right there at the entrance that were offensive to me. So I'm not, I'm not mad at the move. There are a lot of people who are mad at the move. But me personally, I like getting up, driving eight minutes to Bank of America Stadium, and going to work. So I'm happy about it. I actually, listen, if you are if you follow the team, this was imminent. Training camp was never going to be in Wofford for an extended period of time after Jerry Richardson sold the team. It was supposed to happen even sooner, but it didn't because of COVID and other things and what the debacle in Rock Hill. Right, yeah, but the now it's happening. And so, you know, this is, this is, this was always in the cards. So people who are shocked by this, 
they really weren't paying that much of attention. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of media members. You don't got to explain it to the media members. I think a lot yeah, of us feel the same way. <laughs> I think we're all dancing right there with that video that you put out. By the way, you can go find that video on her Twitter timeline at Ms. Carolina Blitz. Also, go check out Keep Blitzing on Twitter, CarolinaBlitz.com, the founder and editor-in-chief of Carolina Blitz, Vashti Hurt joining us, doing an excellent job, as she always does, here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Try to keep up with the Panthers, Vashti. Do your best. You already do a great job. We're in the building. (laughs) That'll be good. Yeah, follow her for a lot of those updates coming up. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to 3. Sit tight and stay locked because instant replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. Hit me up on the text line, the Carolina Men's Clinic text line, and he said, why would it matter who's watching practice in any scenario? Worried about putting too much pressure on the players? They play in front of millions every game. Uh, Seems like it'd be good simulation having the boss man watching, raising the stakes. And what he's responding to is me just asking, why why are David and Nicole Tepper at practice so much? It's their team. They can do what they want. But, you know, I know there are a lot of folks like me who don't really like being micromanaged by a boss. Um, you know, and, and as I coach and I talked about this during the break and I want to hit it quickly and then move on, but you know, it changes the tempo coach. You're in a locker room, you're in practice, you know, there's a a good working environment that's cultivated, good chemistry in the room, things like that. And you know, the owner, the boss man shows up and he brings his wife. It just, it can change the way you work. And and for an owner who is already perceived as being meddlesome, overbearing, too involved, you know, being at practice more so than it seems just about every other owner in the NFL, all it does is lend credence to those theories, doesn't it? Uh, you know, I, I just don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, are you standing on the outs and allow, you know, watching practice? You're watching it from the stands. I mean, now Larry Bird wasn't the owner of, um, but he was the president and he would attend practice all the time at the Pacers. Um you know, an owner has the right to attend practice. I think that that's doesn't that doesn't bother me that much. And you know, I don't. Th- I would doubt that bothers the players. Now, how close are you getting? Are you talking to them? Are you like you know looking over their shoulder? Are you in the stands or on the sidelines at a safe distance? I think that by observing, I, I think that's. That's okay. I don't, that doesn't bother me. Okay. All right. So moving on. Uh, let's take a quick phone call from Steeler Nate, who wants to weigh in before we get to some Carolina basketball. Steeler Nate, what's up, buddy? Thank you for calling back. 
Hey, man, thanks for taking my call. Um, man, perspective concerning the Panthers, I'm not going to waver off of it. Like, whatever they decide to do, you know, you find out what your formula is, and, and you stick with it because too many times, you know, we can be experts about everything and not know nothing at the same time. And I said that to say this. Um, you can have an owner that's passionate, right? But when you choose your next leader, you know, make sure you got quality people on both sides. They talked about uh, Everett probably has a staff that's lesser known, but they follow the suit. Where it's clear that there was dysfunction on the offensive side, and it was mistrust clearly. Um, grown-ups mess up, but but whoever they bring in here, just make sure there's the continuity and and there's a trust factor, you know, on all three phases. I, I look back at Houston. Just this time last year before they hired D'Amico Ryans, they were highly dysfunctional. That People were questioning the leadership with their front office. Yeah. And look at them now. So Houston is a great example of just get your pieces in order and and just let the formula take, take the process to work. And Carolina's going to have to show some patience, period, man. Appreciate it. You know, patience. Yeah, I appreciate you, Steeler Nate. Thank you for the phone call, buddy. Patience is the word right there. Now, let, let's pivot here because I want to talk about a couple things okay. with Coach. Um, Carolina last night. Yeah. They fall to UConn. It's an early season game. Great litmus test for them, I thought. They just, I think they failed the test last night, but they lost to a really, really good UConn team. Like, uh, Danny, possibly back-to-back national champ good UConn. Yeah, it, it is a fine line. There's probably 10, 15, maybe 20 teams that have a shot at winning it, and UConn is certainly up top of that list, along with maybe Kansas and a few other teams, but I think what shines through uh, is UConn's toughness, um, and it maybe exposed Carolina's toughness a little bit, lack of toughness, because the rebounding edge, 43-33, and when you're looking at it, um, and Hubert Davis admitted this, it looked like UConn was playing ping pong with the ball at times, and the only guy really in there was Baycott trying to try to rebound. I just don't know if we have the strength and toughness to, you know, play on the backboards like that in a scrum. Um, UConn has unique mix of skill uh, and toughness, uh, depth. They they have guys that can score at various positions. And, and like I said, Danny, I've known Danny since he was in high school. I, I recruited. He took a visit to Davidson when I was an assistant for Bob McKillop. His growth as a coach is really terrific um, because I was in the Atlantic 10 when he's in Rhode Island and, you know, he's grown and matured. And the cool thing for Danny and, and he's now not, he's not in Bobby's shadow anymore. No. You know, Bobby's in it, you know, I hate to say it, Bobby's in his shadow and Danny had to live in Bobby's shadow for so darn long. And um, it's not a it's not a sprint. Life is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And I'm really happy for Danny. Um, but I think it exposed the lack of maybe physical and mental toughness that the Tar Heels have right now to truly be an elite team. Yeah, I, there were a lot of missed shots last night. They could have taken that. And it's always the case. They could have taken that game in different directions. I thought UConn missed a lot of you know open looks from the perimeter that might have otherwise go, gone down. I thought Armando Baycott missed a couple of shots he should have made there. And, you know. Here's, here, I'm going to interrupt you. Armando, I don't think they utilize. Armando is a good player. And when people say, oh, Armando, you know, he loves his university. That's why he's back. I'm like, no, 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 no. He's back because he wasn't good enough to be. A, a pro, an NBA player, 
and he can make more money now because the NIL than going to Europe. And and so he doesn't have the lift in the post. So when he is going against a guy of equal or bigger size, they shouldn't throw it to him and expect him to score. They should throw it to him to pass. And I think he threw some nice passes. But when he starts to try to back people in and score over somebody who's equal or taller or bigger, and it doesn't end well. He went four for 12. So what I would do with him is I call it post opposite. Like, no, I don't want you posting up all the time. I get to the other side. Let me drive. Now I have a driving lane. If the help comes, I'll bounce it to you or throw a lob. Now you can finish that, but not finishing over somebody. That's one of the lowest percentage shots in basketball is a one-on-one post move. And so you want cutting to the basket. You want driving to the basket. The one-on-one post moves uh, are lower percentage shots, point percentage possession wise and and when you go 412 that's not good offense no it's, it's not and, and look i don't want to say they wasted another great effort from rj davis but it kind of felt like that uh harrison ingram what a pickup that was 20 points last night for them but you know davis i, I told smoke the stat yesterday and i'm sure you, if you didn't hear it i know you'd appreciate it before last night and of course he played well again uh, but rj davis had scored 30 27 and 27 he was the first to average 27 a game over a three-game span since Joe Forte in 2001. Yeah. So, I mean, really had been playing well, continued to play well again last night. They Who just was the coach in 2001 when uh, Joe did that? Some schlub. I, I forget. I don't remember. Man, let, let, let his player play. <laughs> I mean, put him in position to be successful. Um, it was a tough loss. But I, I thought there's – I think if um, – The other for, thing, the other thing, we don't have a shot blocker. UConn had two. So, you know, to, to again, to my point, like Baycott struggles 412. We had two guys that are, you know, in the seven-foot range that could block shots. We don't have a shot blocker. I think we block one shot. And and so um, people can get to the rim. They, they can take us off the dribble at times and attack the basket. And there's nobody to deter um, that, that drive at the rim. We got a couple of minutes here. And we got a lot of weeks left to talk Carolina basketball. Yeah. I got to ask, though, a lot of folks want to know what you think about Florida State getting screwed out of the college football playoff. Wow. Yeah. No, I feel for them. Like, I feel for them. And I'd be downright mad, too. Uh, but I, there is a clause or an asterisk or whatever in the bylaws, apparently, that, you know, if there's an injury, uh, they can project. And, Garbage. And, and they did. Garbage. But, you know, it's but, code for we can do whatever we want. That's at right. the end of the day. That 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 that's that's fair. I mean, that's fair. I just I think it's awful. I don't think it's good for the game, and I think it'll lead to a quicker, you know, could be a quicker demise of of. I hate to say it, the ACC. No, uh, yeah, I'm right there. Like, I like being a fan of an ACC school. I like being an alumnus of an ACC school, and I know it's not all about me, and things change, and I get all that, but. I, I, I'm not rooting for the demise of the Atlantic Coast Conference. I'm not sure Jim Phillips is the right guy to lead it. In fact, I think he's been way too mild throughout all of this. If I was him, I mean, I'd be burning down everybody's house to, to let them know that my team, my conference, got screwed out of this thing. Now, yeah, I think he, I think he did enough. I, I think only so much you could do. I think you know, some people say, well, why, why didn't we go to twelve teams? You know, um, oh, they're blaming that on the alliance. The, 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 you know, that short-lived alliance. You know, so. Um, you know, they, 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 it, but you know, if we go to 12 teams, it's always going to be an issue, but with four teams, it really hurts. Now, if you're in 12, 12 team playoff and you're the, you get 
kind of screwed out of that, like teams do in the bubble every year in the NCAA tournament. The rationale is, well, you're a long shot to win the NCAA championship anyway. So if you're the 13th best football team and you don't make the top 12 in a playoff in the future, um, you have less to cry about. But, you know, they've got something to cry about. And I think it's 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 really a shot at the ACC. And they're looking at, at the ACC's in the strength of schedule saying, eh, but look who they went out and played. They played Florida and what other uh, power five? LSU, they beat LSU yeah, and Florida. I mean, they, beat, they beat two SEC programs. You know, and to me, it's team. It's a team game. It's a team game. It, you know, so you're saying it's an individual sport now? Like, I mean, correct. I get it. I get it. I just think that, whew, man, oh, man, that 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 is awful, and I feel for Florida what, State. What, what I really find objectionable, Coach, and I'll let you go after this. Like, I just got a texter that said, uh, there's nothing garbage about it. The committee made the right call. ACC and Florida State fans need to live in reality and stop dreaming that Florida State is the fourth best team with this offense right now. But it, that doesn't matter, and here's why. Because you're claiming like the committee is trying to make us believe that it's all about getting the four best teams in. Well, if you don't think the Georgia Bulldogs are one of the four best teams in America, I know. Um, you're insane. Right. Right. And, and, and you can make a case Michigan like, OK, what? but not only that, they left Florida State ranked fifth ahead of Georgia. Right. So you're telling us quite literally that you think Florida State's a better team than Georgia. You're so concerned about them being in this four that, you know, because they lost their quarterback that they're out now. But they're still ranked ahead of Georgia, a team that won 29 straight games and two national championships up until Saturday. And and, and lost by what, three or four points to Alabama? Right. And so you you can't you've lost all credibility as as a committee when you're trying to argue that. Okay. not only that, though, the last three weeks, Florida State and Michigan's offenses have basically been identical. Florida State's offense with a third string quarterback faced a better ranked defense in Louisville than Michigan did in Iowa. And and Florida State's offense outperformed Michigan's offense on Saturday. Yeah, and Michigan played nobody so in the non-conference. I, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I'm not going all the way back into this discussion because we've had enough of it the last couple of days. But, like, these things don't hold water to me. Florida and, State got screwed. And is the Big Ten that strong? Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, well, I mean, who's the best? You know, Ohio State's great team. And you got, what, next Penn State? Penn yep, State yep. was below average Penn State team. Last thing, 704 number says they're a 14-point dog to Georgia. How can you say they're the fourth best team? A, I'm not, I'm not even saying that right now. But B, let's revisit that in about three weeks after all these players from both of these teams opt out of the bowl game yeah, that's for the NFL draft. Let's revisit that thing. Coach, it was good to see you, yeah, brother. Uh, I appreciate it. A lot it. of fun. Thanks. Thank you, man. Coach Thanks. Matt Darty yep. in studio. You tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.